0: Conrad. Hey, Guy. You are sitting. I'm looking at you via Zoom. You're sitting in a new home office. I'm sitting in my very old home office, which I have just added a new whiteboard. You can just stick it on the wall. It's super cool. I'm going to shamelessly plug righty board. It's just like movable, stickable, and they, and they go up to four by eight feet of whiteboards. I love whiteboards. You, do you use whiteboarding in your interactive agency world?
1: It's on my list to get, I don't have a, a whiteboard at my home office, but when we had physical offices, I was huge on whiteboards. And uh, in fact, uh, I had the opportunity a long time ago to go to uh 37 Signals office in Chicago, and they had whole walls of whiteboards. I think that's become a thing now. I, you know, my wife at PwC, they've got whiteboard walls.
0: I'm curious. I think you spend more time in law firm offices than I do. I feel like whiteboards are the, like, very techy thing. We're going to sit down and brainstorm a funnel, right? Um,
1: are, are you seeing this in the legal world in offices? Yeah, I think I'm seeing it more. The other thing that you see it a lot in is co-working spaces, right? So, uh, you know, WeWork, their walls are actually frosted glass at the bottom. And so that's essentially function as, as a whiteboard on every wall. And I know that that was, at least when we were in WeWork, it was super popular. So I need to get this ready board. Get ready
0: board. It's awesome. So in our office down in Pioneer Square in Seattle, every single wall is a whiteboard.
1: Cool. Yeah. Anyway, what's your favorite thing in your home office? So mine is, it's still in fabrication, but I want to give a plug to this artist because I think this is so cool. Uh, it's called the, it's the present. It's not, If you go to Kickstarter and search for the present created by Scott Thrift, it is a clock. There's actually three of them. But one of them, it doesn't track time like hours and minutes, and he's got a whole thing a video on it. It's really cool. I, I was super into it. obviously I bought it. But one tracks the progress of the in course of a year. So one trip around the clock is a year. One is a track of the lunar cycle. So one trip around the clock is the lunar cycle. And one is a day. So it just uh, it tracks like sun up to sundown, one trip around. Okay. Um, there's more to it than that, but the idea is is that it's a mindfulness of time progress beyond like the obsession of the minutes and hours that we're all obsessed in our day-to-day. And uh, even if you don't go buy this thing, go watch the video that he did. It's really, really it – is very impactful to me, and so I'm really looking forward to that project being done. I think we just went – on opposite
0: sides of the spectrum. I talked about whiteboards so you can cram in as much thought as you possibly can and keep it in front of you all the time. And you kind of gave us a bigger picture Zen-type moment of contemplating time and your 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 place in time.
1: It's the, that's I the balance. I like a much
0: smaller person right now, gee. No, that's, you got to have
1: both. <laughs> got to have both. And speaking of time, we're now out of time. Conrad, what are we going to talk about today? So today... In the new section, we have a
0: Google sandwich. We're going to uncover a new word of the day. And this is a really good good review of of one of the most important word of the days that we're going to cover. We have a new segment brought to you by the Clio Legal Trends Report. We're going to discuss something out of Clio Legal Trends Report. And finally, we're going to play a game called Pick Two. Here's three options. You can only pick two. And now it's time for a little money makes the world go round.
2: Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome
1: to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Before we get started, we wanted to thank our sponsors. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. Law LawYaw
0: provides end-to-end document automation for solo, small, and mid-sized practices. Save time and avoid mistakes with documents that you draft over and over again. Learn more
1: at lawyaw.com. That's L-A-W-Y-A-W dot Thanks to Alert Communications for sponsoring this episode. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7-365, just call 866-827-5568. And also,
0: LexisNexis Interaction, the leading client relationship management solution purpose-built for the way law firms engage with their clients. Learn more at Interaction.com. And starting off with the news, Guy, this just in, Google has been testing the Tupac versus 3-pack in local. I'm setting you up for a good pun there. Can you talk about what's
1: going on? Well, the lawyers that were in the third spot in the local pack, which is that little box that comes up when you search with the map and all the business information, are going, going back, back to the local finder. So the question is whether or
0: not this like is permanent. So this is something that we've right. seen. I don't I actually haven't seen this in legal Guy. We've seen it outside of the legal industry. Oh, I've seen it. it. You've seen it? Oh yeah. Do you think this is a full-time permanent change? Well,
1: it's impossible to say that, right? But it's I think it's more than a test. When I say
0: full-time permanent change with Google, I mean for the next three weeks.
1: Yeah, I think it's more than just a test. Uh, Joy and some other folks were bantering back and forth about this, and it's showing up in multiple locations, multiple verticals. I found a ton of screenshots. In fact, I'm curious. I'm going to search right now and see what happens. So just so everyone knows what we're talking about, This is the
0: mapped area with the pins in it. If you go historically back a long time, that has been called all sorts of things. The five-pack, the three-pack, the snack pack, it's been called lots of things. For the last 12 to 24 months, it's really been a three-pack with the occasional advertisement thrown in. It now looks like it's possible this constricts down to a two-pot. See, I keep going back to my bad joke. For those of you who are over 40, you will get my reference for those of you under, you won't know what I mean, but the two pack basically is taking away another free option for lawyers to get those clicks on the SERP results.
1: Yeah. If you go to your phone right now, if you're listening to this, go search for practice area plus lawyer, you're likely to see, depending on where you are, Google screened results. They take up most of the uh, results, but if you go scroll down a little bit and look for the map pack area where it shows the map and the listings. I'm getting two pack on my phone right now.
0: All right. And by the way, this is just a mobile experience. This is not a desktop experience. So for now, for the next two to three weeks, right? Permanently for the next two to three weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. The other thing, I understand there's a conference coming up. There's lots of conferences. What are we going to talk about?
1: Well, this conference is uh, mythical because I keep being told that it's going to happen and then I go to the website and I can't find information and people are sending me Twitter messages being like, hey, is this conference going on? And I'm like, "It's secretive, Conrad. It's like getting into that speakeasy back in the Speakeasy days. It's the speakeasy conference.
0: So the Bedlam conference will be around May 26th. Sign up. Guy will be there. Conrad will be there. Two more awesome agencies will be there. And we'll be sharing all of the secrets. Best
1: gosh darn legal marketing conference.
0: Bedlamconference.com. Okay, now that's enough self-promotion. This is a news sandwich. We start with Google. We're going to end with Google. We love Google. Google, within Google My Business, has started showing some messaging with competitors built into it. This is nasty. This is We're not being nice to Google today. I'm not. You're always nice to Google. I'm nicer to Google. I'm usually the mean one. You're meaner to Google than I am. And we're not
1: going to talk about why that is. Well, this one's just straight nastiness because... Talk about the nasty. So if you turn on the Google My Business messaging tool and allow consumers who do searches to send you a message, get a request, a quote... Google is following up with, "Hey, thanks for submitting a quote. Would you like to check out these competitors for a quote too?" So, yikes! Are any lawyers still using this messaging? Probably not. But yeah, uh, I you know historically I had recommended it because if you can actually field it, you're reducing the friction. You're making it really easy to be for uh, legal services consumers to connect with you right away. You know, not everybody likes to be on the phone. Uh, I think there's some uh, validity to it, but gosh, yeah, on balance. You kind of got to think, turn it off because it doesn't. Why would you promote your competition and then you're going to be at a race to the phone and all that jazz? Now, in fairness, and I brought this up with Darren Shaw on, uh, I think it was on LinkedIn, but you know, Google has had a history of showing competitors in related search and people also search for in your knowledge pack, so or whatever you want to call it, your your one box. So, um,
0: and that's becoming increasingly prevalent, right? Yeah. There's there's been lots of tests in this. There's there's been I think philosophically, you have to ask yourself whether or not that GMB profile, which shows up frequently when people are searching specifically for you, is a place where competitors can and should show up, and whether or not that ultimately extends into things like
1: advertising. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, that's the thing. Even with the two-pack thing, people are like, well, why are they doing this? I'm like, they're making room for more ads.
0: Yeah, I mean, the... (laughs) And even if it's not more ads, the net net is the number of free organic clicks that you get to has just been reduced by one, right? And that number three slot, presumably, even though it's three, still gets a bunch of clicks. So let's move on. Enough of our Google nasty sandwich brought to you by Tech Takalakis.
1: Let's take a break. We'll be right back. No one cites routine drafting as the reason they chose to become a lawyer, but that's where a lot of time goes for solo practitioners and small firms. LawYaw can help you transform your existing Word documents into reusable templates with no coding required. Save time and avoid errors with intuitive features like conditional logic. Use a tool that empowers your experience and expertise. Learn more at lawyaw.com. That's L A W Y A W.com. The right
0: client relationship management solution enables and empowers firm growth. LexisNexis Interaction is designed specifically for law firms and embeds client intelligence at the heart of every interaction, providing valuable insights into client relationships so you can make strategic decisions about how to focus your resources to gain more business. Learn more and request your free demo at interaction.com slash lunch hour.
1: And we're back, which brings us to the word of the day, conversion. (laughs) So, uh, conversion, not to be confused with the intentional tort that we learn about in law school, Conrad, what do we mean by conversion in the context of marketing?
0: Well, I think this is... The reason it's the word of the day is because there's a lot of confusion over what the word conversion means and how it's actually. I'm going to try not to talk. supposed to to walk right into that trap. Yeah, I was not a Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of kind of TV watcher. So,
1: what's the word of the day, Conrad? The word of the day is
0: conversion. Anyway, the confusion around that word is there's lots of different ways that it is used and applied, and it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But for a law firm, conversion really is someone becoming a client. Darn it. And in the legal kind of online marketing industry, conversion... typically means something like a checkout, right? Or someone has contacted you. Or in the legal world, we use dynamic call tracking to track things like inbound phone calls that were spawned by the web or an advertisement. Those are typically reported to as conversions. Yeah! Especially within Google Analytics. Now the problem is, none of those things turn, actually turn into clients. This is exacerbated by agencies who try and overstate the number of those goals that they have achieved for you. And so there are uh, three major problems here. One is what you guys think of, of this word, which is someone turning into a client, and what marketing agencies think of as this word, which is as many ways that they can try to make themselves look as good as possible, and what is actually reported in a well-structured Google Analytics, which is phone calls, form fill, text, and chat. But Guy, I talk a little bit about agencies trying to overstate their their effectiveness. Can you give me some examples of, of how that happens?
1: Well, I'm going to fight with you a little bit here. Go, uh, bring because it, because I think it's fair to use the c word for, oh. you know, qualified potential client inquiries. I think uh, you know ultimately having a goal of you know winning the client's target cost per acquisition of the client, like that's the only c word goal that actually. Uh, has value, right? You can't pay your rent with phone calls and form fills. But I I still think that those are valid steps along the uh, client acquisition cycle. And folks that are, if you're hearing this, Google's got documentation. Their term for goal tracking is, well, goal tracking, Uh, but they're talking about the same thing. HubSpot also has some good information if you look for conversion rate optimization. Um, and, And so... (laughs) <laughs> you know, I I just, uh, I'm not really disagreeing with you. Agencies inflate this. They do things like creating a Google Analytics goal for time on site or bounce. and and bounce in, right, an, yeah. yeah, and in analytics, they're off the top of my head. I can think, the one that we really focus on is event goals, but you have a destination goal. So if you fill out a form and it redirects to a thank you page, it would track the URL change there. That would be a goal you might uh, track from a web form standpoint. But, you know, really, and I, I think this is, kind of to your point, uh, things like what are the valuable goal right C words that you want to focus on? Um, that's really what the distinction is. And, and to make sure you understand what those are and, and defining what those are in advance to hold agencies accountable, to say, you know, look, what do you, what are we, what's success look like? Right? Like it's just a, it's a proxy for success in my view. And so one of the ways that overstating,
0: especially within Google Analytics those goals or having goals that aren't actually really relevant to taking new clients, and, and you mentioned bounce rate or uh, time on site, is if you use that data to feed back into a Google AdWords platform, you are now optimizing for people who are going to spend a lot of time on your site.
1: Yeah, that's and that auto-optimizing on, I, I don't know, I mean, That's be a topic for another day perhaps, but what are your thoughts on Google's system for optimizing based on one of these goals. Like I, we have not, I've not seen that being an extremely effective.
0: We've done, so we've done very well with that. And yeah, we could go, go deeper into that. But the, the simple concept is this. Google looks at the things that you want someone to do achieve in our case, phone call, form fill, text, or chat, perhaps an email. And looks for characteristics that will encourage people to do that right so the the likelihood that someone is going to convert they will change their bidding structure through ai and it's it's very very complex we have seen improvements with that we've seen fairly dramatic improvements with that the problem is if you bastardize your data by including things that are not important like time on site or your bounce rate you're now optimizing for something that is not someone contacting your law firm to hire you and you can completely scramble the economics of your pay-per-click campaign. Yikes. Yeah, whoa, whoa, right? Like you end up spending a lot of money uh, on something that, that, that actually isn't gonna really work. Another thing that I've seen agencies do that this drives me bananas is reporting on every single call as a new lead, right? We are incented, or we actually, we shouldn't be incented, but we like to as agencies Try to make ourselves look as good as possible. And one of the best ways to do that is to report on every single phone number or phone call as a brand new lead, which as you guys all know, at least 10% of phone calls generated by online advertising for lawyers is an SEO person trying to get you to, to, to switch you over to them,
1: right? It's the Mockingbird Outreach Campaign. It
0: is the Mockingbird <laughs> Outreach Campaign. We just click on Google AdWords, like mad and we call you because we know... By the way, this happens. There are agencies that do this. They qualify law firms as being big spenders by clicking on advertising and then contacting them. This happens regularly. No, it happens
1: to me all the time. I'm like, what a better way to come to my website and fill out a form saying, we want to cold pitch you on something. And I'm like, you just cost me a hundred bucks by clicking on my ad, thanks. Yeah,
0: And don't you know that? Oh, you don't know that we can do that? Like, what are you... Yeah, so anyway... Be really careful, conversions are very important. Be very careful about what you count as a conversion and let's make sure that you're focused on the things that matter and you're not letting your agency kind of dictate how good they think they are because they're usually not. The best way to do that in my point, in, in my perspective, we have this concept called intake qualified leads. So actually knowing that not only did the phone ring, but this phone turned into a, an initial consultation that means that that is an intake qualified lead, and that is therefore a much more valuable piece of data than, hey, the phone rang 27 times.
1: And do you call those conversions? <laughs> we
0: call those intake qualified leads. <laughs> and then, not conversions. And then not, not, not. <laughs> so let me walk you through the funnel. We have intake qualified leads, we have attorney qualified leads, And then we have one lead, right? And those are different steps down what is a typical path for the law firm funnel. Okay. I think it's time to hear from our sponsors.
1: As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. And we're back. And I'm actually really excited about this segment for folks that have listened to prior episodes or seen other things that I've posted online. I'm a huge fan of Cleo's Legal Trends Report. It's one of the industry standard reports from my perspective, and they put it out every year. And so we wanted to go a little bit deeper into this Legal Trends Report minute and Conrad, I have a question for you. Shoot. What percentage of legal professionals are no longer using their commercial office space? And in, in we'll say 2020. In 2020. Something happened in 2020. So I believe that was COVID. That's a thing. So the question is
0: like, the real question is like, how many lawyers have stopped really thinking about having a physical office space? right? And this is going to be a virtual thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess somewhere around 7% of legal professionals let go of their commercial office space in favor of maintaining a virtual practice. What's
1: a great guess. That (laughs) is also what the Legal Trends report found. And another 12% aren't willing to commit to saying that they're actually going to keep their office space, which makes me think. So where are you at on this, and and what are what are your clients telling you? Are you have most of your clients still in offices? We have a mix, but this is an interesting. This is a very
0: fascinating topic that I actually spend a lot more time talking to clients about than I thought I ever would. You know, we're just getting used to working in this in this virtual world, and yeah. I, you know, there's there's another stat coming out of Legal Trends Report that says fifty six percent of clients prefer video conferencing over a phone call which makes all the sense in the world, right? It's just, I mean, it's the way we work. I I cannot, I will be so happy the first day that I don't spend a minute on Zoom, but we're getting accustomed to this, right? We're getting accustomed to this with doctors. We're getting accustomed to this with accountants and lawyers. And the question is whether or not this fundamental shift is fundamental
1: or if it's a flash in the pan. And I'm a fundamental shift camp person. You know, my experience share here, you know, we moved to a distributed model before the pandemic. And so we'd gone through the, and I think it's another good point that I think people that are contemplating this, if you're in the 12% are unsure, it's not as easy as just giving it up, right? There's like a cultural change. There's a way that you work change. You really need to be uh, mindful and intentional about, you know, all the kind of the banter and the water cooler stuff that happens when you're co-located. You need to really think about how that impacts your people and impacts your relationship with clients. But I think this is just an acceleration of a trend that was going to happen regardless. I think COVID made us, uh, it forced our hand to adopt some of this uh, going forward. But you know, the stat that you mentioned, 56% for, for video conferencing or a phone call, I'd love to see the stat that's like, how many of your clients prefer to have an, a face-to-face when they have to meet you in person <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> versus any other way of communicating with you? I bet you it's even higher than that. I mean, who wants to go get in their car, you know, take time off work, get in their car, drive downtown and have a face-to-face conversation if there are ways to circumvent that. And again, I, I'm also like, there's gonna, the pendulum's going to swing kind of in the middle, right? There's going to be a hybrid. There's no question that there's value in face-to-face communication. I don't think we're going to be completely virtual. But, you know, if you think about the marketplace, you think about your own personal life and like your relationship with, as professional services providers that you use, do you need to go see them? Do you want them coming to your office all the time?
0: I would say this is especially true on the marketing first initial consultation front, right? I suspect if someone is considering multiple attorneys, their desire to get in a car and go to multiple attorney offices has got to be very close to zero. And so I think this is a very real thing, especially for the thing that we are involved in.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't we talk about reduce the friction? I mean, isn't forcing somebody to have the only way that you can interact is through a face-to-face meeting? That's creating a lot of friction. Do you
0: see a very aggressive law firm doing kind of more of an outbound, we're going to come and visit you in a place that you are comfortable with, your home, a local Starbucks, because it may give you a leg up on the listen we're just going to do a zoom meeting do you see that happening i have a client pre covid who does that
1: yeah i mean like you said i think that you know there's there's a time and a place my big thing with all of this stuff is and this is like the marketing thing and you know speaking of our friends at cleo i know this is something that jack's always talking about is put the client at the center ask them how they prefer to communicate that's the thing right. like some people right. some people they're going to want to be like yeah i'll come to you Some people are gonna be like, you come to me. Some people are gonna be like, hey, is there a way for us to like do this where we don't have to visit each other? But I think that's the starting point is design your practice around the needs and preferences of our clients, whether it's communication, whether it's signing documents, whether it's payment, whether it's, you know, all the things that you can do, giving people these options, that's going to provide a better experience. And the other thing is, as you alluded to, is that you're reducing overhead. And Cleo talks about this too, but, um, you know, what do people complain about? Lawyers are so expensive. Well, yeah, we know a big cost of that is that fancy office downtown with your rich mahogany cabinets. That's an expense that you have to be able to cover to be able to run your business. You reduce some of that, pass those savings on, that's another competitive uh, advantage you might have if you're serving that segment. And according to Cleo, those rich mahogany cabinets and all those accoutrements,
0: that can be up to $10,000 per lawyer per year, right? Now- By the way, I know what my office bill is. We don't have super fans' offices like a $10,000 per person. No mahogany Um, at Mockingbird. There is no mahogany. There is a bunch of Ikea desks Mm -hmm. that- There's some particle board. Back in the day, we used to make new people assemble their own Ikea desk, which we thought was great team building, but it actually was a terrible, terrible experience because as you can imagine what goes wrong when that happens. Oh yeah, I'm very familiar with building Ikea furniture. Anyway, 10 grand- Like that is, that is nothing to sniff at and you can either pass those savings onto your kid's
1: college fund or onto your clients, right? And so if you like these topics, if you're interested in learning more, do go check out the free Clio Legal Trends report. You can download it at clio.com forward slash trends. That's C-L-I-O.com forward slash trends. Free report great research, industry standard. You can build your whole marketing plan around what they've found in there, in my opinion. And there's so much data out there. So why are we sending you to more data? What
0: you don't have is context for your own data. So like, I can tell you what your bounce rate is or what your site speed is or what your phone answer rate is, but none of it matters until you, understand what that means contextually about how you perform against other law firms. And so clear legal trends report is a great way, not just to get some data and even think about the data that you can be looking at, but to basically use that as a yardstick to determine how great or how terrible you actually are. Sweet. gee, let's play a game. Game time. It is game time. So we're going to play a game where The two of us, we're going to play this is pick two, two out of three, okay? And the classic marketing agency answer to pick two out of three is you can have good quality, you can have it quickly, and it can be inexpensive, but you can only have two of those three. So I would like to know, Guy, for you, what you would tell your clients, fast, cheap, or
1: quality, two out of three. What are you tossing out? I'm going to pick quality and fast, quality and cheap, even if it takes a long time, it's, I think that's a illusion. So I'm going fast quality and, you know, fast is relative, but not, you know, if we're going to pick two, we're going to say we're having quality and fast. That's what I would go with. How about you? So I'm going to toss quality. I'm going to go
0: for fast and cheap, not in all situations. Just in, but, for when your meal choices. Just for this. I'm, this is the McDonald's answer to this question. But in, in the spirit of that McDonald's answer, I want to be super clear. There are a lot of things that you can do yourself right now, right? And there are a lot of things that you can get done fairly quickly by okay, But
1: that's the question. Do it yourself? Is do it yourself always fast? It's, but uh, Mm. it is not always fast. Okay.
0: But there's a lot of ways. So like I can think of, I'll use a very simplistic conversation point here, an example. Logos, right? When we do a custom logo, it's something like $10,000 and we spend a lot of time, we talk about your brands, we talk about what colors you use, typography, blah, 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 blah. Or you can go to 99 Designs and drop a hundred bucks and get 40 or 50 different options. Those are two different ways to do this. For many of you, that kind of fast and cheap is good enough, right? And so I, I want to be cognizant of the fact that at your fingertips right now, there are more resources to get a lot of things done than there have ever been before, right?
1: Yep. And so that, that's true, 100%. I'm going to fight with you one more time, though, on the go. DIY thing. We're fighting cheap. all th- It's like, we're well, not getting along. Well, I, you know, it's funny because I, I agree with the sentiment that you're uh, saying. There's a ton of stuff you can do yourself. But the other thing that you have to factor into all this is that doing it yourself is not free. Your time is a finite yeah. resource and it costs money. And is your time best spent designing a logo or pouring over 99 designs? I, I, just, I don't know. I'm, I think when we play this game, I'm going to keep doing this. It's like it's a false choice. <laughs> you're going to keep fighting with me? Well, maybe not. You might maybe we'll align on our social media platforms, but um, the point being, though, is that it's not as simple, and that's why it's hard to pick these two, is because it's not as simple as a calculus. Right? I agree with you that you don't need a you know Da Vinci to design your logo, right? For five hundred thousand dollars. But at the same time, it's a false choice to say that the choice is like, oh, well, I'll just do it myself, right? Like, if you're going to even do something – forget about 99designs. Let's talk about pure do-it-yourself. How many lawyers do you think can pop open Illustrator or Photoshop or whatever and actually design a logo themselves? The answer is zero.
0: All right. You alluded to our next game. Oh. Pick two, Guy. Pick two. Social media. Ready?
1: hmm Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter what do you toss so this is an easy one for me I would toss Facebook LinkedIn Twitter I'm um, again though false choice because if we're talking about in the context of marketing then my answer would be go to where your audience is and so if your audience is on Facebook even if you don't you know maybe you have some moral objections to Facebook and there's plenty of reasons to have moral objections to Facebook anyway I'm gonna stop litigating these to pick twos <laughs> I'd pick LinkedIn and Twitter all right. Interestingly, I am I'm totally disagreeing with
0: you again. I would wow. absolutely not dump Facebook, especially because it is a great option for retargeting advertising, right? Which is super, super important. LinkedIn, the depth of information that you can get out of LinkedIn, and if it is something that you target, like that is a really, really great place to find more detail about people than almost anywhere else frankly i think perhaps my politics are bleeding through here i am so over twitter mm. after the last four years I, I maybe i'm being um let me ask that instead of me crapping on twitter why mm. did you not throw twitter out
1: yeah I, honestly i wasn't thinking about in the context of marketing for lawyers at all i was thinking purely <laughs> in like what do i like and mm. um you know the digital world the seo community even though there is there's a lot of grossness but there's a lot of grossness on all social media i mean that's a whole other topic But from a professional networking standpoint, I find Twitter to be uh, very effective for staying on top of trends and seeing when updates are happening and um, staying connected to other professionals. Um, That's just my personal druthers. But I think your points about, you know, you want to talk about like which two are the best for media buying. I mean, the Facebook and LinkedIn's targeting is so much more effective. Twitter, sometimes I feel like I'm like, do you even, are they even in trying to develop their ad platform product. Um, So from that standpoint, and for most lawyers too, my hunch is, is that their audience of people that are relationships that they want to nurture are more so going to be happening on Facebook and LinkedIn than they are on Twitter. So from that standpoint, I, I would agree with you, but I kind of just responded my own personal choice.
0: Okay, next one. We're going to go outside really quick. Harry
1: Potter, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Oh, this is an easy one for me too. I'm not a Harry Potter fan. Lord of the Rings Star Wars, keep them. Dump Harry Potter. I am same way. Yeah. That I think mean, maybe this no, we is agreed our on age
0: coming through. We agreed on something that was not legal marketing related. Yeah. Okay. Noted. Yeah. All right. Let me give you another one that's a little bit more serious. Clubhouse. <laughs>
1: I why already know you, your answer. Why did you laugh?
0: <laughs> all right, hold on. No, this can get I'm, interesting because you know my my theory on blogs. I know this is a good one. This, this is, is the a good one, one for me. This is why I wanted to do this. this Clubhouse, is the best one. blog, or podcast?
1: Oh, I have to pick two. You, have, um, <laughs> you want you, you can throw them all out if you want. Yep. All right. I'm gonna pick. I'm picking blog and podcast. Jury's out on Clubhouse blog, and I'm going to let you steal the show on this topic, but I'm going to count all publishing <laughs> under blog. And so, you know, if I publish something on somebody's site, I think there's some validity there and, um, you know, podcasting, gosh, podcasting clubhouse, we could fight about that. But I I do think there is a, uh, you know, there's more proven, even though it's saturated, super competitive, but if you go deep on something podcast wise, that uh, you're passionate about, and you can talk about, or you're guesting on other podcasts, especially like the if there are podcasts in your local community. So, like if I think of Chicago, if you're like yes. getting on other people's podcasts that are uh, have a, a great audience, I think there's a lot of value. People are still subscribed to podcasts. You know, I was talking to somebody else. I'm like, are you know, is podcasting over because it's so saturated, and people literally have podcasts just running in the background while they're doing other things. Clubhouse. Not there yet, in my opinion, but that's just me. Conrad, what do you think? Uh, this is
0: actually a hard one. I, I would never give up blogs. And I agree with your definition of blogs. Let me be very clear. I what I am not endorsing is a standalone blog that exists separately from your site, right? Like that is a no-no. We can get into that. The podcasting, to be frank, for what most of you guys do, the podcasting is a full on no-no because it's so, it, it takes, you said go deep into something, gee. It takes a ton of time to go deep into this. And it's massively saturated. People talk to, I don't, you probably get this all the time. Gee, yeah, I get this question. You know, I want to start a podcast, right? I get that query at least four or five times a month, right? It takes a lot of time, right? And it is a ramp up. So I would throw out podcast over my favorite punching bag, which is Clubhouse, There's still opportunity on Clubhouse, right? It is the shiny new object. I suspect it is going to fade away quickly, but I would rather you spend time on something that might fade away than undertaking the effort required to go deep on a podcast, which is ironic because we're sitting here telling you not to podcast from our podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious, you know, there's now the Clubhouse knockoffs, right? LinkedIn's building its own Clubhouse.
0: (sighs) Yeah, I, I mean, these are all this is all the network effect, right? Right, And it's, it's why Google failed miserably at creating a competitor to Facebook because it is entirely based on this network effect, which is when we're talking about niching and being very, very specific, you need a very huge platform in order to find that very, very tiny niche right most of these niches do not exist as a separate social entity and so my gut tells me that it is going to be very hard to do the clubhouse knockoff it's going to be very hard to do like there's a reason that that facebook and google went to war and google lost there's a reason that there hasn't been a major linkedin competitor right the network effect makes it so hard to make this work
1: Fair enough. I think having an audio option on LinkedIn is actually going to be very appreciated by LinkedIn users. And so I think they'll, it'll be adopted. And that's the thing. I mean, think about it right now. If you don't have an iPhone, you're not on Clubhouse.
0: Right. I like LinkedIn. I also think it is, especially among the legal community, depending on what you do, widely underutilized. Having said that, like I've said this over and over again, LinkedIn is the Tinder of the professional community. And I am so tired of getting the unsolicited friend requests like i've never is, used tinder so have i to, am not you have to a tinder user <laughs> thanks for boxing that. me into that
1: you geek. brought it up well played <laughs> uh, all okay. right this is here's we gotta do one more of these
0: okay i'm gonna give you one more okay. it's dealer's choice here would you like uh do two, two more
1: do one work one and do one fun one
0: okay all right here's the fun one all right coffee ice cream alcohol
1: Oh, this is tough. I'm going, I'm going to dump ice cream. I'm, uh, I'm caught. There's no, coffee is, that's like my biggest vice. I have to drink coffee. So I love coffee. Coffee's going nowhere. Alcohol or ice cream. Heart disease both ways. (laughs) I'm, uh, I I like whiskey. So I'm going to stick with uh, the alcohol. Whiskey and wine over ice cream. ice cream's not good for a man anyway, but I I do love ice cream, but I, I gotta say farewell to ice cream. Where are you going? I, I struggle. You already gave up alcohol. I
0: thought I gave up alcohol for for quite a while at the beginning of COVID, and then I mean, at the risk of, I think this is a really I I can understand how this has been a really hard time for people and how people have like you're like we know this. Sorry, this took a really dark turn. We went from like top. Uh, <laughs> fun things Harry Potter to like, yeah Harry Potter too like listen so Harry
1: Potter's kind of dark
0: though right it's not like sitting at your home on zoom drinking by yourself right and I think to be frank like this is a really hard time for people working from home and the isolation is a very real thing I think there are a lot of people struggling yeah with all sorts of addictions right now and yep. I at the risk of turning into this into a public service announcement I think it's something to be cognizant of. I frequently give a bottle of scotch as a thank you gift for referrals. I have become increasingly uncomfortable doing this as we're dealing with people who are potentially you know, stuck at home by themselves with a so bottle of So now you're
1: scotch. sending ice cream?
0: I'm not sending ice cream. It doesn't ship very well. Um, How many ice cream Zoom meetings have you had? I have never had an ice cream Zoom meeting.
1: That's the new this, thing. There's the new hotness. This,
0: and lunch hour legal marketing brought to you by Ben and Jerry's. Okay, what's your next? favorite Ben and
1: Jerry? All right, go fine.
0: Oh, the tonight dough. I I could I can I will eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's by myself in, Same. A, in a heartbeat.
1: That's part um, of the reason I had to drop it because I'm like I'm, i think it's more just self-preservation. I, I that that will kill me the fastest. I
0: will tell you when I got the most out of shape in my life. I had a bad behavior of having Briar's mint chocolate chip ice cream with chocolate sauce and a glass of port at the end of every dinner that I had, and it was not healthy.
1: And you added one minute to your triathlon time. (laughs) Now you get more buoyant in
0: for the swim. Uh Okay, last question. Pick two. I've got a bunch of... Oh, this is a good one. This is a good argument. First page on Google, a good website or good reviews? Pick two. Mm.
1: Oh, I... So... This is hard. This is easy for me. I'm, I'm picking first page on Google and good reviews because you can convert without even people getting to your website. It's my answer. And I'll tell you this.
0: We have a few clients whose website we did not design that if you looked at it, you'd be like, holy crap, that is awful. And I can tell you from a data perspective, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. This is something I'm going to turn this into a math conversation, but like just because you think it looks ugly does not mean it doesn't convert well. And, and this is where, oh, okay. The, this is totally so off. important. Yeah, it's totally thrown off. Pee Wee threw me, threw me for a loop, but this, I'm going to tie this right back to the Clio Trends Report. Oh, bring right? it right. Benchmarking where you are on things like conversion. Is really important because just because it looks ugly doesn't mean it doesn't work. And so, so I will kick the good website in favor of the things that will actually make the phone ring, which are good reviews and the first page on Google.
1: Yeah, and good reviews will help you on the first page of Google as well. And but the, the one thing and out of all the years of doing this, one of the ones that always got me was, we started adding tr- call tracking numbers to Google My Business Profiles and seeing that people are calling right from the search results versus even clicking through. And and, and again, you, you know, first page on Google, that could also mean ads. It can mean knowledge panel for branded search. And you can do a lot of communicating the value of your services before people even get your website, which I think is something that it's been hard for folks to really wrap their heads around. You know, you do trade off some of that Long tail traffic, maybe because uh, you know if there's if there's not a local context to the search, then maybe you're not even seeing local packs or reviews at all. But um, I'm still sticking with my final answer. Okay, we finally came up with something we agreed on. We did Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, that's another episode of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. As always. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast, subscribing, call it, And uh, we are always open to feedback. So love it, hate it, topic ideas, questions you have about generating business for your law firm, what's Conrad's favorite ice cream, please do reach out to us, hashtag LHLM. Uh, really anywhere. You can hashtag things. You can also connect with us uh, via email or through Legal Talk Network. Thank you so much. And talk to you next time.
2: Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network. It's officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
0: Pick two, Guy. Pick two. Social media. Ready? Mm-hmm. Faith. Blah. I was. I clearly do not like Facebook. Let me try again. Are you
2: okay? If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable
0: Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as
2: marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join but requires a simple reservation. The link
0: to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at legaltalknetwork.com. We'll see you there.